Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to the latest episode of The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast. And with me, as always, is my loyal co-host and GM of Clever Choice Flooring, Michael Roberts. How are you, mate? Feeling alive, Matt. Feeling alive. Feeling alive. Uh, three weeks on the farm. Yeah, how's that going? Yeah, it's going going well. My farm hand Oliver is um, teaching me a lot. Yeah. So how um, old's Oliver? Fourteen. Excellent. Yeah. So um, nothing like learning from the experienced. Oh, mate, this kid come down the other day, chainsaw sitting in the back corner, and um, couldn't get the thing going. Within minutes, he's got it pulled apart. He's got the carby spread all over the. And I'm thinking, do you know what you're doing? He goes. Yeah, I do this all the time. So we got that fixed. Um, went down the back on the zero turn mower. So getting really good at that. I think I've already put in about 20 hours. Yeah. Um, learned a lot about um, spiders or maybe big ants. I'm not too sure. Mate, but it's, a, it's a couple of things there. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it got me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really getting to learn about uh, the land and about uh, protective uh, PPE. Have you got uh, life insurance? Is it all up to date? Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, one of the things that Beck made sure we um, had sorted out before we got out there. Yeah. Um, Smart woman. Oh, especially when we went and moved some tin the other day and um, big python uh, came out. So yeah. um, I didn't realise I could run so fast. No, the fear of death certainly... Uh Enhances the adrenaline and gets you moving, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. Yeah. Well, look, we we could spend hours talking about your farm, mate, but we're not going to because uh, we'll save the insomnia for later. But uh, <laughs> we've got a couple special guests in the studio with us today. And, Michael, why don't you introduce them to us? Well, we've got the lovely Cindy and Nicole, uh, two of our amazing um, support team. Uh, who make us uh, boys look good. Yeah, that's a hard job too. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> so it's, it's a first for here on the underlay because it's the first time we've had uh, a couple of female guests. It's the first time we've had two guests in the, yes. in the studio at once and it's the first time we've had a, a female presence, which is, I must say, great. Makes the room look a lot nicer. It does. You're not wrong. Don't mind me, Michael, if I'm not looking at you as much <laughs> as I normally do today. <laughs> and I even did my hair. <laughs> you did, and and sprayed some uh, cologne as you walked in. Oh, you know. And he that. did say to me, "I've got to smell good for the girls." <laughs> He's making quite the effort. <laughs> it's um, it's something we ha- yeah have to do when you're in a in an office uh, full of ladies. Um, Tell me about it. I work in an office full of young ladies who are extremely judgmental of old men. <laughs> so I've got to uh, do everything I can to stay in the good graces of. Of the ladies around here, I know that feeling. Yeah, I can handle being judged every minute of my life. It's I've married. I've been married a long time. So, what are we doing today, Mike? This is uh, this is your little wheelhouse today. I'm looking forward to seeing where you're going to take this, and we're going to wing it a bit. Well, we may as well start off where we usually start off. Let's do it. And um, that is that we have a bunny supporter in the room. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> We've finally got someone that uh, can support a team in the uh, top four. Yeah, well, top, we'll take top eight. Top eight. We'd take top eight. <laughs> but, uh, we could actually probably take it even in the eight. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'd take anything than where we are. But, yeah, Bunny supporter, this is going to be fun then. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that throughout the throughout the chat we'll we'll have a little jibe at you about that. Bring it on. But a Blues supporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, because we've also got a Queenslander supporter in with us as well, don't we? We do. Um, Cindy. Yes, that's me. <laughs> well done, Cindy. I don't know football very much, mm. but I definitely support Queensland. That's a shame. Oh. If you don't know football very much, you should support the Blues. No. I live in <laughs> Queensland. Wow. So you can see the rivalry we have in our office I love come it. state of origin time. I love it. How, how many... Uh, What's the split like in the office, New South Wales, Queensland, up there at Yatla? Actually, pretty pretty Queensland dominated. Um, Sydney, Greg, uh, Greg, yeah, Greg, Greg. We don't so know, overrated. We don't hear the end of it. So overrated that E and G, our our resident um, Texan, has also jumped on Queensland. Yeah, well, I, look, he's American. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then we've got Nicole, me, Morena, all on the blue. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty even mix. It was yeah. actually fun, this uh, state of origin, to um, have some rivalry in the office. Yeah, it's nothing like a bit of rivalry, is there? No. It's, it's funny because my daughter is nine and we're trying to – well, she's she was born in Sydney. She's been New South Wales, but now that she's up here in Queensland and all her friends are Queenslanders and all this, she's like, oh, Dad, I – I think I'm going to go for Queensland. I said, well, you pack your bags. <laughs> yeah, pack go, go and move in with yeah. your friends. Even before the sentence was finished. Yeah. I was like, sorry, go and live with someone else. And so she's now going for New South Wales. But she does like to say that she goes for whoever wins. That's her thing. I'm just going to go, who's winning, Dad? I go, the red team. I go for the red team. <laughs> then if the other team starts winning, she's going for the blue team. So she's cleverer than me. <laughs> <laughs> Not as passionate, though. Absolutely. It's all about the passion. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so Nicole's from, um, originally from Sydney? Yeah, yeah. I grew up on the Central Coast. So Nice. Um, down Avoca. Yep. Copacabana area. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was down there until I was 18 and then I moved up to the Gold Coast. And wow. Yeah. So you're a long-term resident. Yeah. So I've actually lived in Queensland longer than I lived in <laughs> New yeah. South Wales, but my state of origin is always New South Wales. This is it. Nice. So this is what it's all about. Absolutely. Remember Central your Coast. Origins. Central Coast is a beautiful spot. Yeah, it is nice. It's yeah. gone. It's gone berserk there now, hasn't it? Yeah. Yep. That Terrigal coastline. Yeah, I used to work. I worked. I worked for about fourteen months for the Northern Eagles when Manly and Norse merged, and they played out of Gosford. So I got to spend a bit of a time up there. Got yep. a few friends still up there uh, because of it. But, yeah, it's definitely gone berserk now. It's another Sydney. Yeah. You know, it's really grown. Yeah. So move, moved, moved to the seventh biggest city in the country and it's yep. a small country town again. <laughs> yeah, I did a stint on the Central Coast. Um, started actually my life-saving career um, at Soldiers Beach just north of the entrance. So we spent five years there mm. um, on our journey from Sydney up to the Gold Coast. So it was a five-year pit stop in um, Central Coast. That's a fair pit stop. Yeah, it was a fair pit stop. I sort of got stuck there. and You would have been huge at Club Tropo, I reckon. Club Tropo. <laughs> that, was my, that was my first nightclub experience. <laughs> Mate. Mate, I own that podium. Mate, I'm telling you, you would have been massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. It was a good nightclub. 
<laughs> yeah. We used to go from Sydney to Gosford just to go to Club Tropper. <laughs> uh, that's bringing back memories. <laughs> that's what we hear about, you know. We, that's what we're here for. Uh, yeah, okay. So you come up to the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. set up a young family. Yeah, yeah. Um, lived at Broadbeach for a couple of years, then I've always been around Broadbeach, Burley area. So where are you now? Rabina. Rabina, nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we moved, we thought that we'd be living in Rabina. It was all that we knew of the Gold Coast. And it wasn't until we got here we were like, oh, there's there's more than Rabina. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, I like, like Rabina. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a good spot. Yeah, it's a good Very spot. Central. Very central. It's the perfect spot, actually, to get around. Especially in the holidays where you don't really want to move very far. I've got a, I'm, I'm Eleonora, so I've got a M1 at every day. It's a punish. It was funny, yesterday we were driving, I had to drop a girl to Ashmore to pick up her car. And we were going north on the M1 and the south traffic, it was like, it was one o'clock. And the south traffic was like chock-a-block. And she goes, is that holiday traffic? And I go, I'm not sure it is yet. I think it's going to be worse. Yeah. Like, it's going to be worse on Thursday and Friday. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. And she's got to drive She got to drive to the Sunshine Coast on Saturday morning. And I said to her, you know what your best option is? Go at 9 o'clock on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Just go 9 o'clock on Friday night. It's yeah. going to take you two and a half hours to get up there. But you won't – if you go on Saturday morning, even if you go at 6 o'clock, it's going to take you four hours to get to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. I reckon any time after 4.30, that is going to be a car park yeah. all day. Yeah. So it's brutal. That's the one thing, being out at Jimboomba, yeah. not getting on that freeway every day. Yeah. Um, Do you still have a milkman? Do they have a milkman come around there, just ring the bell like on their horse and cart, and they, you know, ding, 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 ding. You go down, they put your glass bottles at the bottom. Is that what it's like? Well, Be- Beck hasn't told me about no milkman yet, so... Uh, well, I'm, I'm tipping there might be yeah, then. maybe. <laughs> well, interesting fact, I've got Kenny coming out today. <laughs> Because uh, living out on uh, rural property and not having town water, um, yes. having a septic um, yes. is not fun. No. When the toilet blocks, yeah. uh, you smell it. Yeah. And uh, so last night... Especially uh, with a few boys at home. Oh. I've, yeah, so it was a quick <laughs> lesson. Um, interesting fact. Last night, um, got on the phone to Kenny. Um, so I've got a black water tank. I've got a grey water tank. Okay. And apparently I've got a grease trap. So I had to go digging for all these three because the water's coming up out of the bath. Toilet's blocked up. And, yeah, so now I've realised that I've got three pits that actually need some maintenance. Um, So, yeah, so it's... uh, But it never ends. Maintenance on a property never ends. No. There's always something. Because my mum lives on 40 acres out near Boona and there is always something. And usually it's the septic. (laughs) Which is the which is the worst one? So yeah, a bit of a change to um, spraying cologne on this morning, and um, probably just <laughs> hence the cologne. Hen- hence the cologne yeah, this morning. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I understand it now. I understand it now. So how long have you been with uh, Clever for? Uh, I started with Clever back in two thousand seventeen. Wow. Um, and had a short four month break last. Actually, yeah, 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 and then she tried again. to get away. It's hard. Realised the grass wasn't greener, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> except around the septic tank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's been good five years now. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. What about you, Cindy? How long have you been with with Clever Choice for? Uh, not too long. 
Okay. Since last July. Okay. But you're still here? Yes. Yeah, it's nearly 18 months though. Um, yeah, so you're testing my mathematics. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll say yes. Yes, good. Yeah, trust me. So, and what we learnt last week, last Friday, is that Cindy, as well as being amazing at her job, she's also good at planning a little party. Oh. That spread. Are you still eating that, what's left over? Yeah. The fridge, <laughs> like, the fridge is still full of my fruit God. and nuts and snacks. Um, that was one of the best spreads. You're not uh, wrong. We, we turned up last Friday. We had a little, uh, the Clever Choice put on a little Christmas party for some of their Business partners. Uh, business partners. And, and we were up there, Chris and I, from, from straight up, we were up in the in the boardroom. And it was all very hush-hush as to what was going on. And and we opened the boardroom and the whole boardroom table is just a platter of uh, of cheese and bickies and meats and you, you name it. Wraps. Yeah. It was I – I, I, got, I got hassled for eating too much. So I actually stopped, but I only just wanted to make sure that we made a dent. And we didn't. No. Everyone I don't think it. anyone could have made a dent. <laughs> yeah, no, Cindy is uh, definitely um, amazing at cooking. We've had a couple of um, cookouts and, um, yeah, having events like that. Uh, definitely if you need a caterer, yeah. um, she moonlights on the side. Really? <laughs> She's our foodie queen. You like that? You got a passion for the fu- for food? Yes. Yeah? More, more passion for food than, uh, than flooring? Huff, huff. That's pretty good, actually. That is pretty good. Yeah. Like considering when you saw that table, yeah. If uh, her passion's just as much in flooring, which yeah. a lot of our customers would know, you mustn't have. You, you couldn't have that much passion about E and G, though. Surely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I like the flooring. Otherwise, I won't put too much, um, you know, passion onto the preparing the food for every guest. Yeah, of course, of course. I think it's funny though because and. Everyone we've had in has this innate sort of uh, love of what they do. There's no doubt. And I think that seeing that we've got long-term staff, and, and to be honest, 18 months is long-term nowadays. Yep. Like, it's, it's, we're so, such a fast, you know, every, everyone wants it now. You know, it's, it's instant gratification in the whole world. And I think that's now becoming an adult thing as well. Uh, we're learning off our kids, you know, not necessarily the right things, but, you know, they want they want instant gratification. I think the uh, you know parents are starting to become a bit like that as well. I think with jobs more than anything, if people aren't happy, they just walk. It could be one week, one month, three months. So long term staff are hard to come by, aren't they? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, Nicole, as she said, has been here five years. Um, went away for a, a four month stint and then come back. And why did you come back? Driver, <laughs> you, you, you deliver a good bargain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, basically, I when I left, I was leaving to try something completely different. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I've been studying in the background, and I was just looking at doing something to enhance that side of things. Um, but yeah, just found that it wasn't quite uh, for me. Um, and there was a lot of challenges there along the way. Um, yeah, I never left Clever because I hated it or that I was sick of it or anything like that. It was more trying something completely different. Um, and, yeah, when that didn't work out and there was um, an opportunity to come back, um, yeah, there was no hesitation. 
Yeah. Back to the old stomping ground. Yeah. <laughs> and it was good though because um, I kind of changed roles when I came back as well. So it gave me a new kind of um, new skill sets to learn and um, new goals, new new things to achieve. So so what is your role now with Clever? Uh, now I am support to – it's kind of twofold. So I'm support to the accounts team. Um, I'm helping to process um, accounts payable. And then I'm also support to the boys and the sales side of things. So um, help with a bit of stock, um, yeah, help the boys – basically with whatever they need um, as far as purchasing, booking their travel, um, yeah, all that kind of thing. Okay, so, yeah, cool. Yeah. So something different every day, which is good. Yeah. Keeps yeah. on your feet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And have you settled into the new premises? How are yeah. you finding the How are you finding the, the warehouse of Yatlat? That's been a while now though, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah we've yeah. been there a year now. Yeah, I was going to say, it has to be 12 months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you found that that made a huge difference? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, you're actually seeing the expansion right there in front of you. Um, before, we were just dealing with Sydney and Sydney Warehouse, and you don't have that visual. Um, we were just in an office basically communicating yeah, online with them. Um, seeing now Queensland and having their warehouse and the boys down there and seeing what they do day to day, it kind of gives you a different perspective on, yeah, basically working it all together as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been really interesting, and and you you're watching it grow because you know that we've got the same, if not more, happening in Sydney as well. Um, seeing more stock, seeing different products come through, um, and yeah, watching all that management side. So. Well, it's the first thing I noticed because I hadn't been up to Yatla for a couple of months, or maybe three months, I think, and the stock in the warehouse is just. I, I, that was the first thing I went, holy, holy hell! There's so much stock. You know, and, and I guess that's the key, isn't it? Stock's the key. Oh, 100%. And uh, talking about job roles, that's yeah. um, Sydney's um, position is to ensure the warehouses are full. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do, Cindy. I just um, managing the purchasing orders from China. So I'll assist our general manager and our um, director um, to make sure the supply uh, is enough for our Sydney warehouse and Brisbane warehouse. And then, um, yeah, make sure our, all our warehouse are filled up. So essentially you you could have the most important job in the business. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Because without, the, without, no, well, without the stock, <laughs> then you can't sell anything, right? So She doesn't value herself enough to realise that... She does. It's yeah. a very pivotal role. Um, yeah. And I've seen through this year, uh, stock control is such a big thing. And especially with the, you know, global economical uh, changes that we've gone through, which we spoke about yeah, with Jake sure. last um, podcast. Um, you know, it's a challenging role that Cindy has. Uh, she's got to work with shipping agents. Uh, she's got to manage stock levels for multiple warehouses uh, monitoring, you know, sales that are going out each month and then keeping in front of, of predictions, uh, lead times, uh, factory shortages. Yeah. I learned a lot from this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, like last July, I know nothing about the stock. So uh, Michael teach me a lot. Yeah. So then because I would assume that not having enough stock is – 
bad, but having too much stock exactly is just as bad. Yes. Yeah. So how do you find that? How do you find that middle ground? How do you, is it is it a gut feel or is it are you is it guessing? How do you how do you how do you come up with those figures? It is really a challenge job. So um, um, during this year, I learned so all the purchase order, like purchase stock, needs to be based on the previous history, and then you need to have a good plan for the future. So yeah, it's not only judging by um, previous sales. Yeah. Um, so we've put an algorithm together uh, this year. Yes. Um, so we've, we're looking at uh, what our previous sales were, what we predict that category, whether it's going to be a growing category or a reducing category, uh, then our stock holding uh, and then our ordering. So Cindy um, and the team and I you know, worked on an algorithm to basically try and keep ahead of the game. Um, and it's forever changing. It's it's a lot yeah. of monitoring. It's a lot of measuring. Um, it's a lot of knowing our customers. Um, so it all then ties back to the reps on the ground, feeding that information well, that, back. That, that was my next point. Was that you know you just don't do. You wouldn't just have to deal with Michael. You'd have to deal with you know punishing human beings like Greg Harvey and and, and as the Ian like Walker. that would be Ian Walker uh, <laughs> that are. That are giving you this information as to what's selling, what's not selling, what the market's doing. So it must yeah. be, you know. Yeah, um, Michael and I always discuss about this. Yeah. yeah. And then it's learning the cryptic messages that uh, <laughs> some of these guys that you've mentioned yeah. um, come in with. So, you know, a lot of it is um, analyzing the data and, you know, communicating. And I think it's one of the things that, you know, um, Nicole and Cindy uh, can vouch for that communication is a big thing that we we all um, really strive to on a daily basis. Um, being connected not only with with our customers, but also within ourselves and within our team. Um, and I think a lot of that comes back, you know, to the friendships that we forge. Um, so it's not just a, a business relationship. You know, there is a true connection that we all have to have. Well, it's about it's a basis of trust, I guess, because you're quite vulnerable, you know, at work. I think we have this discussion here in the office all the time: is that you do spend a lot more time with the people at work than usually you do with your own family. So you've got to build that that trust that you can be yourself and you can be vulnerable and you can, you know, because not every communication you have with everyone is positive, and it's how we receive that that feedback or those messages and and trust that it's the greater good involved. I guess uh, that must be hard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's a, a, also about taking time out of your day just to have those personal chats as well. Um, obviously not yeah, spend every moment delving into everyone's personal life, but, you know, just asking how are you? Wh- what do you got on today? What do you? Where are you going? Who yeah. are you seeing? Oh, yeah, cool. When was the last time you spoke with them? What, what are they up to kind of a thing? Wasn't um, it good that Manly smashed the rabbit? Yeah. That's kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Did that happen last year? Probably not. <laughs> I've already wiped 2022 off of my memory. Um, yeah, that, it's really important. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I tend to try and chat with the boys a fair bit. Obviously, I'm in contact with them a lot just with day-to-day operations. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Michael probably says I, I like to have a bit, <laughs> a bit of a chat, whether it's to them or, or our customers. Um, but I, I think, think that's I think it's the key because you've spoken – 
the thread throughout the podcast has been communication. And yep. It's just it's not it's no irony that you're now doing a podcast to try and communicate to the greater uh, flooring community. But the external communication is obviously paramount. But without good internal communication, you f- you're going to just fall over. So I think that being able to trust each other and have that those lines of communication open. And I guess it's Michael has an interesting job because he he's part of the team, essentially, isn't he? He's not just the GM. He's he's in the trenches with you guys, and oh, he's yeah. he's out on the road. He's doing different things that normal. He doesn't sit in the ivory tower at the top and just point or pick up the phone and say, "Cindy, do this," or "Nicole, do that." Like he's he's sitting right there. It's behind a sliding closed door with you know with with his own fridge and. Um, French maid in there, but uh, you know he's he's in the trenches with you guys, isn't he? Yeah, every day. Yeah, every day. Um, that builds yeah. that trust, like he's just one of the guys. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of calls that will come through, and if we don't quite know how to answer it, um, yeah, that's one of the big things that we try and do. It's not just fill a fill a answer with whatever we can think of. It's getting the true facts and, and um, trying to help everyone as best as we can. And there's a lot that we field off Michael's way because we're like, we're not 100% sure. Let me put you through to someone who can definitely help you with that. Um, a lot of technical questions, that kind of thing. We don't like to mislead with uh, wrong information. So just knowing that he's there as well to be able to flick it to him um, and know that the customer is going to get the correct information. Yeah, it yeah. definitely helps with everything. And I feel it's an important part. Um, it's something that I'll continue to do um, while I'm with Clever is be a part of the team. Because uh, you're right, Matt, you know, sitting in an ivory tower, um, you know, may suit some people, but not me. Yeah. Um, you know, my leadership style is, you know, working alongside of our team, being part of the team. And it's what I love. I love, you know, working with Nicole, working with Cindy, working with E&G, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, <laughs> you had to say that, but yeah. Anyway, continue. No, he is a good leader. <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. always teach me a lot of things, like uh, floor knowledge, knowledge, and all sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible because uh, he's you've been in the industry for so long, and I think that you would be, uh, I guess, arrogant if you weren't to share the knowledge that you had, and I think that you know your your business is only going to be better the more knowledge you can you can share. Because I think some people like to hold it all themselves and be the only guy that can answer the questions, right? And yeah. that's doomed to fail as well. Yeah, well, I'm lucky I don't have an ego. Um, you know, for me, you're only as strong as your weakest player. Um, so if we can have our whole team, you know, being as knowledgeable and as strong, and like Nicole said, you know, when technical questions or customers come through, um even though some of the really hard ones, I'll take that um, because explaining it at that point may be a bit hard, but I'll always go back and explain yeah. what I spoke to the customer. So then the next time when that same question comes through, Nicole knows or Cindy knows or they've got the answer then. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's sort of rare these days. Most of um, our staff now, um, you know, they come in, they ask me the questions. If they can um, learn it then and there, they'll go back and answer the customer um, because it just gives them the knowledge and the connection. And uh, to be honest, um, you know, Cindy, Nicole, uh, and the other support staff, Morena, um, speak to 
will be our customers more than what most of the reps do. You know, they're the ones on the end of the phone. They're the ones answering mm. the inquiries, the stock inquiries, the technical questions. You know, the, the reps do a great job in building that relationship and getting the customers to call. Um, but it's, you know, the support staff here that are every day, the ones on the phone and, you know, helping our customers. And, um, you know, like Nicole said, she does love to chat. And, um, you know, our customers let us know that. And they enjoy that yeah. connection. Um, you know, it's not just robotic. Um, you know, they do take the time to say hello and get to know who they are and, um, you know, and, and ultimately answer the question, but with some um, personality. But I think that's a point of difference as well. So I think that, you know, they, they come for the product, but they stay for the people in the service. You know what I mean? So it's like because you can kill people with with your service. Like you can you, you could have the best product on the planet. But you've got terrible service. They're just going to go and find the second best product, right, because they just have enough. So I think, it's, I think we don't – well, I know you guys do, but I think in general that customer service is a forgotten sort of skill set in general that I've noticed, especially over COVID, mm-hmm. especially over the last few years where business has been tough, uh, it, it's people are sort of scrounging, and I think that it's so key – to have a chat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny that you say that because we've spoken, me and my partner, recently about this because I come from a customer service background. So before Clever, I was in customer service roles. So it's just a natural thing for me um, to want to service the customer the best way I can. And I think the change in technology as well, we were talking about in restaurants now, all you have to do is scan a code on your table. you eliminating all points of contact you know then they just bring it to you you don't have to and we were saying that yeah a lot of kids these days just don't have those skills anymore and we're noticing it more and more and yeah that to me I yeah I can't get my head around that because I've always been from customer service background and I want to be in contact with my customers and and um yeah give them that service so um yeah it's it's really funny that you've You've got to hope that it turns around, right? So, oh, you've, Because sure. I noticed it the other day that I went to a restaurant and they just had an iPad on the table, a little, little tablet. It was just order on there and then they just bring the meal and then all they want you to do is go to the counter and pay for your meal and get out so they can get the next people in there, right? When did this happen? When did, when did this just complete, I guess, deference of custom service happen <laughs> where it's – you know, I want to go in, I want it to be an experience. So if I want to go out for dinner, I want it to be an experience. I want to ask the waiter or the waitress what the specials are, what they think, what's good. You know, I want to have that, that interaction, interaction yeah. with people. And yeah. and I see it with my son, he's 16, and, you know, his his form of socialisation is to sit on the play, PlayStation with 10 mates on his headphones and scream at them. And and I'm like, and, and that's what he sees as, as socialising. Yeah. And I'm like, where wow, like... It's sad. How are they ever going to talk to a girl? Like, how's he ever going <laughs> to find a girlfriend? And it's like, I don't understand it. Like, On Fortnite, virtual women. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I think the real deal is a lot better than the virtual. <laughs> yeah, well, we can vouch for that. We can. He yeah. can't. <laughs> he can't. He doesn't know. Yeah. So it's, and that's, it's a bit frightening. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think the, the businesses that are still focusing on that service are the ones that are being successful at the moment. Because I think people are noticing that 
there's a drop off. It's why Bunnings is chock a block every day. Yeah, yeah, they got that. They got a hundred staff on. Every time you walk into Bunnings, there's someone paid to stand at the door to say hello, to greet you, to greet. Yeah, you, you know, and it's something that I notice um, every time I walk in. I'm like. Here's my mission. I'm going to try and sneak in. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. Try and sneak in without them. It's it's similar to going to Fiji. <clears throat> We've been there a couple of times, and you walk around in any local. Um, we had a mission to walk past a local without them saying "bula," mm. and so you put your head down, you'd make no eye contact, and you'd think you just got <laughs> past them "bula," and yeah. you're like, "Damn, they yeah, got me." Yeah. And that's Bunnings. That's yeah. customer service, and yeah. it's definitely you know something. We are going to continue to strive um, to do that. Yeah, there's there's a fine line between being convenient for the person, like, um, and then yeah, being able to still service them when they need it. And I'll know with some of our customers, I know which ones just want to call up, get the answer, and go like for really sure. quick. Yeah. And um, but I also know the ones who enjoy a bit of a chat, enjoy a bit of a joke, and yeah, get their answer and off they go. So um, yeah, it's. it's just learning. But that's a skill. That's a learned those, skill, right? That's a learned skill. You go, yeah. you know who you can sort of talk to and the others are just like wham, bam. And, yep, we've got this in stock. It's going to be this and this is the price and it'll be there on this date. Talk to you next week. Yep. But the other ones are like, you know, how's Judy or how's Don and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's important. And that's a, that's, that's a learned skill. That's yeah. not something that someone innately knows. That's, well, I tried to talk to them about that and they essentially told me to get <laughs> stuff. So... I'm just going to keep it business for them. But the, you never know, then you'll be surprised. Then one day they'll come out and ask you, how are you going? And next thing you've had a five-minute conversation with them. So, yeah. you know, I think that uh, it's the same as it's the same as, as a young man. Like, you can't, you know, you can't get knocked back once and, and then quit, right? You've, you've just got to, you know, because eventually they'll come around. And I think yeah. that they well, appreciate the role that you play and... When they're when you're there for a chat, though, you'll be there for a chat. Yeah, and think they know too. Then if they do have an issue, they know that they can call up and yeah. have that you know that conversation. Um, yeah, that there's that base already there. Yeah. Because um, yeah, not everything runs smoothly, and no. um, yeah, I, I suppose it's like what you were saying with the trust thing. Yeah, they've got to trust that we're going to be there um, to answer their call and give them the help that they need when they need it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's. It's more so, and trust is huge internally, but with your external stakeholders, it's, it's it's the most important thing. And that's one thing our clients can be comfortable with, is knowing that when they ring, no matter who they get, um, you know, whether it is Cindy, Nicole, myself, uh, Greg, any of the team members, they're going to help them. And we spend just as much time, you know, on our customer service as we do on our product knowledge. Um, because they're both equal, um, you know, and it's it's a big part of, of what we do and it's a big part, I think, of what we enjoy. Because, um, again, you know, I think if you come to work and enjoy, and I hope, you know, you, you ladies enjoy coming to work because uh, that's the environment that we're trying to create uh, amongst ourselves and then amongst the customers. That it, Even if the customers do ring with a problem, we can quickly and easily solve it. Mm. Um, it's not that hard. It's it's not about burying your head in the sand and trying to push it away because that doesn't happen. It's about tackling it front on, serving the client, um, you know, any of those objections. Uh, not that we get many, but they're there on a daily basis and they're just quickly solved. And it's just part of the day and part of the routine. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I think it's important because you're right. Like it, it doesn't run smoothly, and you know whether that's internally or externally. And I think that if everyone's aware of that, that you know, and I think you've built that trust that sometimes people can come to you with those hard discussions, and it's not as hard because mm. it can be looked. Because you've helped them in the past. So yep. they know you're going to fix it. So I think that's the key. I think that if you set that groundwork up front, just answering the phone's a start, right? Oh, 100%. Because essentially, like, I don't know I don't know about you, but, like, even utilities, say electricity, even that is automated phone calls now. So it's just a phone call to say uh, your bill is being... Uh, is being emailed to you, or you know, it's this or it's that. It's all it's all automated. It's not a human on the end. Yeah, it's all robotic. It's only a human on the end if they want money from you. Correct. Right. But everything else is just it's all automated. So the fact that you answer the phone and you're a human and you're talking to them and you want to build a relationship with them, you're leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. And and we've used the technology this um, year, and I think you know, there's been a lot of good that's come out of. Um, I guess the COVID um, era that we've sort of come into, obviously, you know, the disease in itself is not good, but the ability to be able to now use technology um, within our business, um, we've spent a lot of time learning. Uh, we've set up new phone systems where it doesn't matter, you know, where we are, whether we're working from home, whether we're remote, whether, you know, we're overseas at factories, that we're all connected. Uh, so it's an important uh, thing that we've really focused on this year is, um like you said, answering the phone. Um, so, yeah, again, we we want to make sure our systems are right, but we're not going to go to that robotic era or force people to have to log on to our website. Yes, all the information's on the website, and yes, we use that as a reference guide, but we want to talk to our customers. We want to be there. We want you, you, know, we want you to call. Mm. We want to have a chat. We want to say hello. Um, and obviously, like Nicole said, for customers who don't, who just purely want the information and then get off, because uh, they're with a client or they're trying to close a deal, you know, obviously to sitting down on the beach on Saturday patrolling and my phone will call and I'll still answer as long as I'm not out swimming um, because it's information they want. If they're calling, they want to know something. So it's not that hard to just pick up the phone and answer. Um, you know, so many people just let it go to voicemail. I'll deal with it on Monday or yeah. I'll deal with it, you know, this afternoon or, you know, we've all got our phones diverted. So there's always someone that answers. Um, and yeah, so when the phone rings, you sort of got no idea where that, you know, calls come from. Has it mm. gone through, um, you know, Greg Harvey's phone, which is then diverted through to me. So is it one of his, they're all our clients, yeah. you know, or business partners or, you know, yourselves, you guys are doing our marketing yeah. and you need a quick response or you need a quick answer. Like it's, it's not that hard. From your perspective, Nicole and, and Cindy, what's the future for Clever Choice? Where to, where to next? Because I guess this year, the last 12 months has been building on the new warehouse, developing the stock holdings, making sure everything's all right, getting the right people in the right spots, just put a new rep in Melbourne, yes. which is really exciting. Uh, Another one in Sydney as well, I, Mia's. So okay, we yeah. don't just have the boys anymore. Yeah. We've actually now got uh, Mia. So again, we're, you know, equal opportunity. No doubt. Um, and as I said, the women actually make us... Um, Average-looking guys look a lot better. Um, so yeah, so we put two new reps on. So where do you think? Where do you think is next for for Clever Choice, from your perspective? Um, for me, I think Clever Choice will be um, better next year because we are looking at to have another warehouse in Melbourne. So yeah, that will be another mission for me. So another pot 
to um, ship all the goods to. And also we will have some new ranges come up, um, some like, for example, hybrid shield and some new range of uh, oak. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it is uh, very bright. Yeah. It will be busy. Yeah. But I think I will enjoy that. Well, I think, you know, busy is good. Busy makes the time go, doesn't it? Yeah. Sitting on your hands. Look, having to for- have a conversation with ENG across the office when things are a bit, <laughs> bit slow, like, that's a long day. You missed ENG? <laughs> He'll be in shortly. Yeah, we're gonna. We can, ha- we, we we're definitely have gonna have. Hug. We're we'll definitely have gonna have to hug. get him on uh, the podcast to let him defend himself <laughs> after this episode. Well, now what we'll do is we won't mention anything about this and see if he listens to it. <laughs> if he says anything, then we'll get him in. If he doesn't, well, you know, twenty twenty three is looking pretty lean for NG. Yeah. Let's see how long it takes before you listen to the podcast and let Matter I know. This is it. And then, then here's a call out. This is this is it. That's what's about. So, so what do you think, Nicole? Where, where to? Where to for clever choice? Yeah, the expansion that we've already had, I can't see it stopping. So, um, just continuing to grow, whether that's product ranges, our um, our warehousing, um, also our territories. Um, seen South Australia really picking up, so that comes off Ian Walker's uh, work down there. But um, yeah, it would be good just to see some different territories really, um, really continue to kick off and, and grow. So, yeah, just keep expanding. Yeah, Must yeah, be nice right. to hear that, you know, you've got two staff that have bought into the vision because essentially that's what you say. It's all about it's all about growth. It's about new territories. It's about – and, you know, they obviously – they listen well. They've yeah. bought in. Yeah, and I think it's, it's great to sort of sit here and, and hear that, um, that they have bought into the vision. And I think with anything that you do in life, um, you know, everything's about goals and visions. And if you can create a vision and then, you know, have people believe in that vision, um, they'll drive it just as hard as what I will. Um, and it's a obviously successful and uh, rewarding uh, for them also. Um, like Cindy said, you know, like it's going to be a huge challenge bringing on another warehouse, another sh- lot of shipping lines, uh, we've got new products coming in, which means new supplies. So, you know, Cindy's putting her hand up for a lot more work. Um, but she knows that as that grows, then more staff come in. And, you know, then there's the training aspect. And, you know, there's a lot of re- rewarding times ahead. Uh, Nicole, every time another rep comes on, that's another person that she's got to support and look after and um, grow with and learn their personality and um, so, yeah, so it's it's something that I think if we continue um, with that vision and we all continue to buy in and, you know, as staff come on, uh, they're quickly uh, filtered through whether they do buy in in the vision um, and fit in or not. Um, and it most and nearly all of, all of them do. I, I find it very hard to not come in here and not enjoy what we do. It's quite remarkable, and I'll talk from an uh, from an external perspective. And we have a lo- relationship as your marketing uh, company, but the growth and the change in the company since we've been involved—not saying that it's got to do with us, but just in that la- in that sort of two and a half years that we've been involved with Clever Choice—the the company does not resemble what it was two and a half years ago to where it is now. And most companies fall over. So growth is a great thing, 
but you've got to manage that growth mm. because if you grow too fast, you can just go broke, right? It's just It just happens. So the fact that you've been able to, you know, the, the the warehouse and not just any warehouse like it's it's a warehouse yep. right it's it's massive it's a building so you got that now you're talking about Melbourne you know uh, Sydney's growing you got a new rep in Sydney you got a new rep in in Victoria the you know in that time Greg's come on yep uh, so it's been just this it's almost like a perfect storm which you are now which really the sky seems to be the limit. For 2023, like you've got all the pieces in place to sort of just go, well, let's just take the next step. Yeah, and um, I think definitely um, measuring the pressure points um, is a key thing that I've had to learn um, as it's grown is you're right, you know, growing too quick, which we did many years ago. We tried to be everything and go 100 miles an hour and didn't have the support team behind us to then get all these orders in you don't have the stock or you don't have the people answering the phone so definitely it's a it's a big thing that i've learned in the last couple of years um especially the last two years is to measure those pressure points um you know to to be talking to the staff seeing when they're at their capacity um you know again like i said taking on another warehouse will mean more support you know for cindy and and the and the product team uh not just loading you know the staff up where they become stressed and overworked so Definitely people management, um, you know, making sure they're enjoying it and then they buy into the vision and then obviously growing people under them to come up and, and sort of fill those spaces. So the sky is the limit and, you know, we'll keep growing and we'll continue to keep growing and continuing to open up, you know, different territories um, while not flooding territories as well. So it's something that um, sh- strategically... Um, we like to give our territory space where we're not just flooding a territory where every single store has our product, that the stores that do have it um, have some um, protection, have our support and, you know, full full support in that territory. Our customers spend uh, a lot of real estate in their shops um, giving to us um, and obviously we work on that um, territory within their store and we value the space we get. Uh, so for them to go through the training that we put them through, to get behind our product, to then push our product, knowing that we're going to then support them. Um, you know, we get it a lot where we have stores in that same territory ring us, say, hey, can we have your product? And then we look at the figures for the other store in that territory and we can see that store's getting behind us. They're inquiring every day. They're pushing the product. They're selling the clever brand. So we're going to protect that store. We're not going to just go and open up to the customer down the, the store down the road and then let them ride on the back of, you know, sometimes might be a couple of months, might be a couple of years of the store that's already in that area um, building our yeah. brand. So, you know, that's a big thing for us as well, loyalty. Um, and we, we do, we get to know the fact that we're not just about numbers, you know, and it's not about just numbers in a territory. It's about the support that, um, the stores in that territory um, have invested in us and that will in turn repay that favour. I think coming from a company that has built from something small to now quite big, in my eyes it's quite big, from where we've come from over the years, um, we've learnt a lot along the way. We've made mistakes. We've you know, not had stock at right times. We've rolled out products without all the 
the backing behind us, um, you know, without being able to sample it in time. Um, you know, we, we've we've come from small business to large business and we've learnt a lot along that way. And I think it's also reflecting back on those things. What what haven't we done well, but what have we done well to be able to then, you know, create these new warehouses and these new offices and, you know, bring in these new reps. So um, we've had the learnings and I think it's just you've got to reflect on that and, and use that to move forward. Absolutely. I think you've got to – if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to you're gonna fold as well. So I think you – and you're right. I think you, it's a good thing you've said there, I think, Nicole, because no company's perfect. And the only way you grow is with pain, right? Growth is pain. And I think that you're going to make mistakes because you, especially when you're starting out, you want to you want to grow quickly. So you're going to make mistakes along the way. It's just that just don't make those same mistakes again. Yeah. It's if you keep making the same mistakes again, expect a different result. Well, we all know what that means. It means you're a bit of an idiot, <laughs> right? And I think that essentially, so just don't make those mistakes again. Yeah. And... I think the key too is our long-term um, employment and staff that have been there. You know, people like Nicole, uh, Donna, uh, Ian Walker. Um, you know, staff have been there over seven years that have gone through you know the growing pains, um, who have the power, um, I guess, uh, to stand up um, amongst the peers and share those experience and educate the new um, staff coming on um, of, you know, the, the p- growing pains that we've had and, you know, why we do certain things the way we do. And, you know, so I guess explaining um, the processes, not just do this, um, the reasons why we do this and the reasons, you know, behind our decisions and the way we move forward um, is definitely the key. Um, yeah, I, I, I just enjoy the input that, every staff member in our company um, puts in. Um, You know, Cindy's only been here 18 months and um, I feel like she's like my work wife sometimes, you know. (laughs) Lucky you, Cindy. (laughs) I hope Beck is not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, to be honest with you, because I'm coming from a different background, I'm from China, so... um, I do appreciate all my working colleagues is uh, very respecting me. Uh, sometimes I do bring some weird food to <laughs> to the office, but they will never say anything. And then they actually were trying to adapt my culture. Um, in this 18, 17, 18 months time I worked for Clever Choice, I feel like um, this company is very good. When I say good is um, like internally, they give all the uh, employees um, enough support. So whenever you want the, uh, the management team to help you, they will be there. So for me, they give me lots of freedom, like empowered me a lot. And I learned a lot from here, from Sean, from Michael, from everyone. So 17 months ago, the floor industry to me, I don't know anything about that. I don't even know what is hybrid. I don't know what is plywood. No idea about this. And I don't have any idea about shipping. I don't even know like what port, okay, what is the shipping cost and what is the clearance charge? No idea. Now, 
I'm not saying I know all of them, but I compared to like 17 months ago, I do know a lot and I do, um, yeah, it's all learning process. So for Clever Choice, um, internally, we do provide um, trainings to all our staff. So the training sessions are every few weeks. Um, every week we will have a type of product training. Um, so yeah, this helps me a lot. When I answer the customer's uh, phone, I will have lots of things to, um, yeah. When they have questions or problems, I can easy to answer their questions. Yeah, I think an important thing that um, Cindy just said is that we are a multicultural comp- uh, company. Uh, our directors, um, you know, a, a Chinese uh, national. Cindy's from China. We got Vietnamese staff. Yeah, uh, we got our resident Texan. Um, so I remember uh, last year for um, Chinese New Year. Yes. We um, organised a dinner, yeah, and um, admittedly, it took us three hours to get from the office. There. <laughs> it was like the one day that we organised this event, we're all leaving the office, and that M one was just a car park. Yeah, so from Yatla to Broadbeach was three hours. Three hours. Wow. So dinner was late, and yeah. uh, Cindy's lovely husband uh, Stephen um, <laughs> took on the duties of ordering food for everyone. So talking about a cultural shock uh, to see chicken feet. Um, what else was on the Tripe. menu? Tripe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all the traditional stuff that I guess, you know, you and I, no, no sweet and sour pork, mm. you know, no Mongolian lamb. That is not real Chinese. Oh, come on. Yes. So, but you know what was great? Um, to look around the table and um, I guess all us... Westerners, sitting around, everyone gave it all a go. Uh, as much as those chicken feet were a bit chewy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need to try. Don't laugh. Yeah, Matt. Are they good? Yeah. <coughs> if you haven't tried, you can't laugh. Uh, okay. Are they, uh, they are gelatinous food. or are they crispy? I'm or not has going to tell you. This is your mission. So you <laughs> need to tell me wow. next time. Yeah. I'll listen to your next um, podcast and then you give me the answer. Wow. Okay. Well, she's thrown down the gauntlet. <laughs> there you go. The challenge is on. So, yeah. So, definitely embracing each other's cultures. Um, it's not about just, you know, our culture. Yeah. It's it's everyone's culture within the company. And, um, you know, Super Bowl. Um, again, you know, we we bag out um, ENG, but he's brought, you know, that American sport into. And, you know, Greg and I and the rest of the team, we, we love sports. So, yeah. uh, the World Cup was just on. So, you know, he's brought his own culture in as well. Uh, they they had Thanksgiving uh, the other day. Oh, God. A turkey. A, t- <laughs> a chicken. A turkey for a turkey. Yeah, so yeah. They, he put up a thing of um, his missus uh, cooked a nice turkey. And then um, so I went down to the local Woolies and got my chicken. And uh, we joined in the celebration. And uh, apparently it's not the same. No, no, no. Apparently so, not. But yeah, we, we do have we have a lot of laughs. Um, there's a lot of banter. Um, you know, a lot of friendly fire. Um, but it, it makes for a good environment. Yeah, excellent. I think that's what it's about. You talked about culture, and I think you define your culture by everyone's culture coming together, and then you make the clever choice culture. I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's great. It's great that you have. It's such a multicultural uh, workplace, and obviously, China plays a huge role in, in Clever. So why wouldn't Cindy be a huge part of of the business? And obviously, she has you know local knowledge as well, so that she brings a whole other. Yeah, I've been here since two thousand and eight. Yeah, fourteen years. Wow. Yeah. Half local, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm only just familiar to the Gold Coast area. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I drive from Yatala to Cooper's Plains, it takes me one hour. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't go via Brisbane. Yeah, you right. Go okay. To Cooper's yeah, Plains. Yeah. GPS just uh, yeah, on G- your phone. Yeah. Just well, put Waze on. Yes, I did follow GPS. <laughs> That's why. It take me one hour. <laughs> It was in Korean, right? Oh, okay, okay. Right. So it just had to had to change it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is when I um, Cindy first come into the office, she you know most um, foreigners who come uh, to Australia give themselves an Australian name. So when Cindy joined, uh, really, Chan- English name, English name, yeah, yeah. And then when you come into our office, first thing you did was gave me a Chinese uh, name, you, yes. <laughs> He's he he got a real popular, like a good-looking guy's name, Chinese. Really? Yeah, Xiao Shui. Wow. Say that. Xiao Shui. Yes, Xiao Shui. Xiao Shui. Yeah. Here okay. you go. Was Read Chinese lesson. There we go. And and that means good-looking man, does it? Yeah. Okay. Shui means handsome. Mm. Well, there you go. Wow. Did were you not wearing your glasses when you gave him that name? <laughs> 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 Come on, he's my general I, manager. I know what he is. Yes. I know how you're playing the game. It's okay. It's okay. It, it was, it was a paid comment. It was. It was yeah. it's, 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 Definitely a paid it. comment. I love it. Well, that's probably good, a good place to end it. Yes. So, girls, thank you so much for joining us. You, you were, it's an honour having you as our first female guest in the panic room for the underlay. Thank you. And we thoroughly enjoyed it, learned a lot. Yes. And we got to see the other side of uh, Clever Choice, which is great. And everyone should know that you're in amazing hands when you when you ring the guys at the office and either Nicole or Cindy pick up the phone. And all you retailers out there have got Cindy to thank for all the stock that you've got. Yes, most definitely. Because yeah. without her, you'd be selling nothing. Thanks to our whole support team. That's Thanks it. for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. Michael... Enjoy the new year. Enjoy your Christmas. You too. We'll catch up and, uh, and and do this all over again in 2023. Bye for now. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.